Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Raising Kids Who Follow Jesus, I guess is where we've landed on what we're calling this <laughs> like name. podcast series. Name. I'm Madison, and with me today is... Megan. Megan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't know Megan, she is basically in charge of all of the kids' areas on Sunday mornings, and so you're technically my boss. That's true. Yes. So if this goes horrible, I guess... You're fired? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. That sounds good. Okay. And you recently did a class that was really awesome that kind of broke down a bunch of different dynamics about understanding your kids. Yes. And so we thought that it would be good to kind of like break those up into episodes and talk about it. And the yeah. first thing that we're going to talk about is what do your kids value or what are their kind of like filters on the world? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's funny because. We, I find that I so often have um, conflict with my kids, arguments with my kids, stressful moments with my kids, and they come at really inconvenient times, and it's difficult to navigate how to get out of those situations, and often those things come because my kids are valuing something that I'm not valuing, mm. or I'm valuing something that they don't value and it's coming to this like conflict moment. And if I could stop as the adult and understand that they're valuing something and speak that value language or even just understand that that's what's happening, those conflicts can be resolved or um, navigated. (laughs) A little bit easier. (laughs) A little bit easier. Uh, and actually play to my advantage as a parent mm-hmm. um, and get me out of some of those conflicts and out of some of those struggles. And I won't find myself beating my head against the wall of what is going on with my kid. Yeah. And so having the empathy to just go like, hey, yes. you see the world different. You're experiencing yeah. and growing up in a different world. I kind of joke around with parents as they're struggling with their teenagers because I work mostly with the teenagers. Yeah. Like, a 17-year-old essentially isn't your kid anymore. It is, it's still your kid, but it's like sure. a glorified roommate that lives in, <laughs> in, your, yeah. in your house. So you yeah. kind of have to like yeah. switch from kid mode to kind of roommate mode. But mm-hmm. what you're saying is, is like, hey, if you can just have a heart of empathy to understand how they see the world, right? you probably can avoid some of those conflicts even. Or yeah. at least when they do show up, like you're like, oh, I know why this is showing up or yeah. why we're butting heads. And so yeah. what are some of those... Uh, there's a couple different ways they see the world that you that you broke down. So yes. what are those? So if you kind of think of it as four four categories or four like um, big buckets of of we ways. love buckets on this podcast. Bucket. Oh, do you? Yeah, we 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 did buckets, <laughs> buckets. the first uh, okay. uh, episode. More buckets. <laughs> there's more buckets. Um, four buckets of values that they're trying to um think through or, or, or they're, they're, they're looking for. Um, so the first one would be justice, that they're valuing justice in a situation. So when they encounter people, when they encounter conversations, um, when they encounter situations with their peers, situations with you, situations with siblings, they are going to value justice over anything else. They want what is right to happen. They want justice to be this done. This is the kid that says, like, that's not fair. 
Uh, yeah. That sounds like, and a it's teenager. usually when it happens to them. <laughs> yeah. This um, isn't fair. I deserve better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, they're going to value what is right and what is wrong. They are probably very black and white. This is not a kid that sees gray area. This is the kid when you, when you're splitting a dessert, like you have to get the knife out. You can't actually just like break it in half because yeah. they'll like compare it <laughs> yeah, identically. Like, that piece is bigger. You're That's like, not no, fair. No, please get the <laughs> knife out so you can directly cut it yes. in half. Okay, cool. And, and that kid, and it's a really good analogy because that kid is seeing every situation that way. Every conversation, every grade that is ever given to them, every boyfriend, girlfriend situation is breaking a candy bar in half. <laughs> and was it fair? <laughs> like that is all that they care about. Um, and because of that, they're going to hold other people to really high standards. Mm. You're not someone who breaks the candy bar fairly. I don't want anything to do with you. Gotcha. And they're going to hold everyone to those standards because they value justice. Hmm. They seek justice. Um, they also are going to hold themselves to really high standards. Um, and everyone they encounter, they're going like, "Do you? Which side of the black and white line do you fall on?" Right. And that can be a tough life to live when you're when you're navigating the world holding these people to really high standards. So do you want to answer how we deal with the justice kid <laughs> sure, first? Yes, or should yeah. we go through all of the different categories well, first? We, we can go, we can, let's, let's go like, hey, if you have this kid, this is what you do. Okay, so yeah. how do you use the justice kid? Like, yes. okay, you're raising a family to hopefully follow Jesus or at right. least the culture of your home. Right. Justice is something that the Lord loves. Yes. You know, like he wants things to be right. He is ultimately just. Yeah. And so how do you respond to a kid that is maybe overly just. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think the first thing to realize as a parent is your job is not to um, take this value away from your child. Mm. It's really easy when your kid is like this to be like, well, stop it. Stop doing that. Um, because there's going to be a lot of things they encounter that aren't just. And if you're not a person who values justice, a lot of times as a parent, you may not have the same value as your kid. It's really easy to go like, stop doing this. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That isn't how God made them. Hmm. This is a value that they hold really dearly. And as a parent, your job is to help them navigate walking through a world with this value. What do they do? Because you're, it's, like, it's almost like they're walking around with a pair of of really tinted glasses on and seeing the world all this way, they're going to miss things hmm. when, when they're seeing things through a filter. As a parent, your job is to help them see the things they miss, not rip the glasses off their face. Gotcha. Okay. So this kid um, needs to learn forgiveness hmm. because our role if you read scripture, our role is not to enact justice in every situation. We aren't the judge. No, right. we're not. God is a God of justice. Mm -hmm. He loves justice. He values justice. And so that part of us does help us understand God, but he's very clear that justice is mine, says the Lord, Right. not go be little justices yeah. <laughs> on my behalf. Yeah. <laughs> um, our job is forgiveness. Hmm. And so if you have a child that really values justice and wants to sort everybody into categories of whether or not they're good or bad or how they work out in their lives, you're going to have to teach them to navigate forgiveness. Yeah, and it's so, it speaks to me as a parent too, because my impulse, 
I'm sure this is just going to be universal with all of these buckets, but like my impulse is for revenge where right. it's like, <laughs> where I'm like, I'm punishing you not, not to show you the consequence of your actions, but it's that like emotional impulse of like, well, this isn't fair. My day was ruined by this or my couch was ruined by your Sharpie or whatever thing happens with your kids. And right. so you kind of use that punishment, not as revenge, but if you could say, Lord, I need to forgive my kids for the things. Yes. I still need to shepherd them through it. Right. That's good. So even yeah. for the parent, I think I, at least for me, that speaks to me. Like don't yeah. take revenge on my kids. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a justice parent, right. Yeah. You're going to have to really model forgiveness. Forgiveness first. Yeah. Um, and if, if your child is a justice child, modeling forgiveness is going to be huge walking them through forgiveness, teaching them that holding on to justice is actually holding on to hurt and pain. Right. And that forgiveness is something, God is a God of justice, but God forgives. And if justice is his and he forgives, how much more are we supposed to forgive? Gotcha. And really walking them through what that looks like. Yeah. So you're taking, basically like taking the gavel out of their hands and yeah. trying to like hand it to God the whole time. Yes. Okay. So there's the justice kid. Yes. What's the next bucket? Okay. So the next box bucket. Or lens. I guess we the next <laughs> yeah, okay. color sunglasses. sunglasses. <laughs> we'll put the next sunglasses. <laughs> Mixed metaphors. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So we'll move on from the, 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 we'll move on from buckets and say sunglasses that they're wearing. Cause that really is what's happening. Like they're walking around seeing things in a certain yeah. color. Um, so the next, the next one would be control and power. Hmm. So there are kids that really, really value control and power. They are going to fight you for control and they're going to fight you for power, which is hard when you're the parent and you need to be in control. Right. So this child is going to want to have their way. You're going to hear this out of their mouth all the time. Um, they're going to want to make the rules, make the plan. They want their hand in everything that is going on because they want the control and they want to be in charge. Is this the kid that you like <laughs> trick into like being like, Hey, like, so do you want to go to the pool today? Like, like basically yeah. like you, you just help make it seem like their Wasn't idea. That your idea? You had a great idea. Weren't you the one that wanted to clean up right now? Yeah. yeah so this is, this is the kid that, that they really, really want to lead. And these, like, again, this is a great kid to have, just like the justice kid that sees things, you know, right and wrong and, 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 and sees the world that way. That's a great kid to have the control power kid is a leader. Like this mm -hmm. is a kid that sees things and does things and makes it happen, but they're going to want to do it their way. Right. Um, this child can also tend to like, if it's not their way and they didn't make the rule, they're going to want to break all the rules because they think the rules are stupid. Gotcha. So especially as they get older and they can see the stupidity in the rule, they can <laughs> tend to be kind of rebellious <laughs> Yeah. because they see that it's dumb. And they can see the flaws in some of the authority that's put in front of them. And they can buck the system a lot. Gotcha. So what do you do with that? So, again, you're not ripping the sunglasses off their face. Yeah. You will want to, especially if you're a control power parent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you want the control like and power. It doesn't matter what the rules are. I made them. I made it my way, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to want to rip a sunglass off their face. But, again, God created this kid and gave you this kid. So you want to teach them the pitfalls of seeing the world all in the one color of wanting your way. Hmm. So what you need to teach this kid is that the world is not theirs to control. 
God is in control. Yeah, it almost reminds me of um, Jesus saying, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus, even the person who is like the ultimate authority on everything, like his role wasn't like to strong arm everybody into believing into him. In in him, it was like, hey, I'm going to come wash your feet. So I wonder if there is like that showing them how to serve. And that's why servant leaders are so awesome is because like, oh, that CEO still takes out his own trash or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It it shows a a different level of character. Yeah. And these kids too need to be adults that learn to trust the Lord. Mm. Um, One of the pitfalls of, of this kind of child growing up is that they are usually and can be really great at getting things done. And they can become um, adults that have learned to control everything into perfection, but haven't learned to trust the Lord when things don't go well. Yeah, it's like the religious mindset. It's like, as long as I get straight A's, I'm worth something. Right. Yeah. And and when they fail, it's a failure of their power or ability to control. So they see themselves as a failure. Wow. Yeah. So as as the parent, it's important to teach this kind of child that trust is actually our job as God's children. It's not our job to control every little thing that ever happens to us. God is in control. He's the shepherd. He's the one watching for every bad thing that could ever happen. That's not our job. Yeah, and in Psalm 23, (laughs) he goes before us and comes behind us. And places his hand (laughs) of blessing upon us. Like, we're not in control. Like, we're not in control. Um, So... We have to trust the Lord because there's absolutely no way to control everything. And if you run around like that, you're going to exhaust yourself. So um, you have to model that yep. and be intentional about teaching your children that. And Modeling so, that's really hard as a parent. It is. Because you're supposed <laughs> to be in control. You're supposed to be in, in authority. Maybe like that's yeah. the, like, but the micromanaging and the power moves and, and all of that might, might lead you down some, into some conflict. Where if, yeah. you, if you're saying like, hey, I'm the authority here, decisions are made. But at the same time, like ultimately it goes to the Lord. He's mm-hmm. the one that's in charge and sets the tone. Yeah. And you think about what Jesus did with his disciples. When they're like, where are we going next? He's like, I only go about what my father tells me to do. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like he was intentional about teaching his disciples. I'm only doing what God the Father is telling me to do. Gotcha. Like, I'm not even the one driving the ship. Wow. Like he was always deferring to the father. And so as parents, if we're telling our kids like, Hey, I'm, I'm just trying to do what God's showing me to do. I'm Mm. not really in control of my own life. Right. It changes your mindset completely as a parent to like start to see your kids this way. And you're like, Oh, then I have to see myself this way. Yeah. That's tough. That's (laughs) tough. Okay. But let's, let's go to the next bucket or sorry, sunglasses. sunglasses (laughs) lens. Okay. So, so you also have children who, um, their filter their viewpoint and value is going to be peace and equality. These How is this different from justice? Okay, so this, yes, this is different because they are also, you could see this child as saying, like, I want everything to be fair because equality is fair. But it's more of a conflict-free evenness. They want peace in their home. They want peace amongst their friends. They want peace amongst their family. They want peace with you. This is like the pushover kid. It could become that (laughs) very, very easily because they don't want conflict. They don't want arguments. That that shakes their world. Mm. They would rather, 
and this is why they're different than justice. They would forgo their own justice to keep evenness. So they do want equality. They see when wrongs are done to other people. They feel that. Um, and like I said, they would forgo their own justice to like keep it even because they want that peace. But they're going to avoid conflict. Yeah, it also seems like the most empathetic kid. Like this is the kid that might be tuned in to how others feel a lot more they than can. the others. They can. Like, like justice. Okay, so this kid would say everyone should get one. Right. Justice could say, I get them all. Like, right, because I might. worked the hardest. I, or, yeah, yeah, I deserve that. Like yeah. justice is going, Justin could keep, justice could keep an unevenness to it if they feel like that's the just thing to do. Right. This kid would not do that. They would want equality. Gotcha. Um, they're still going to split the candy bar even for right. equality's sake. Right. But, this, but, but if, if they, the kid drops one, they're going to give theirs that, up. <laughs> that's what I was going to say is like, they yeah. have that sense of like, oh, they don't want strife or conflict or anything to be going wrong in the house. Right. So on one hand, they're, they are kind of like in that servant mode already where if yes. the candy bar is broken in half unevenly, they're like, well, I'll take the little one. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're being sweet in that way. Yeah. But what it does do is like, I could see it lending to a kid that takes on problems that aren't their problems specifically with like parents like that dynamic of like yes my parents are fighting I need to figure out a way to solve this solution or mm -hmm. I need to be the one that is creating peace in the household wherever possible when that's not their responsibility so what do you do with the the peace oriented child yes. so the peace oriented child like you said it can easily become like inverted Mm -hmm. Like where they take on parenting roles or they take on mothering or fathering roles that they shouldn't take on. Um, you have to teach this child that conflict isn't evil. Hmm. They see conflict as avoid it. It's evil. It's bad. And that's not true. God jumps into conflict. He's not afraid of conflict. Jesus jumped into conflict. He was not afraid when people asked him tough questions. And he even at times you see him initiating conflict because it needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Something needed to be resolved. Conflict isn't evil. And you need to show this child that their voice in that conflict is important and that they have value as a person, um, who they are, what they think, what they feel, that those things are as equally important as the people around them and that when conflict happens shying away from it isn't always the right thing to do peace is important of course sure. but avoiding it um, is not the right step they can't be afraid yeah like that you, fear is not something to play into right it's the fear thing and giving them i like what you said about voice where almost helping them or maybe even giving them more room than you would necessarily think at, at front on the front end to articulate how they, how they see it or what they're thinking or what's going on because otherwise they're just going to stay silent. Right. But really drawing out like, Hey, in the midst of this, like what's your perspective? Yeah. Again, it depends on if it's a three-year-old, a 10-year-old, right. <laughs> it looks different um, all, all through life, but yeah, they might not necessarily have that strong opinion mm -hmm. right up front but to give them room to have a voice, I yeah. think would be really, that's cool. Yeah, and, and thinking about social situations too later on with, with friends um, and even with um, boyfriend-girlfriend dynamics and things like that, they need a space to express what's going on, being able to share their voice of what's happening and being able to process that stuff out because if conflict arises, their, their immediate reaction is going to be to shrink away from it. 
but being able to process those things out and bravely walk into conflict, you're going to have to teach them how to do that and maybe even be a place of processing for them and teaching them how to walk into conflict situations with confidence and bravery, mm-hmm. knowing that they have the Holy Spirit who will teach them what to say and show them what to do. Yeah, like I've, I have a three-year-old um, and a one-year-old, but my three-year-old, he gets really shy at un- unnecessarily like yeah. random moments where you're like, why are you being shy? Like yeah. you're like, but f- so fostering bravery for him has been like a very intentional thing that we've had to like mm-hmm. work on. And I see a, a lot of students where it's like, on one hand, yes, don't talk to strangers is a good blanket rule right. to have. But on the other hand, um, creating a, a space where your kid only has the option to do, you know, what's comfortable to them, it might not actually make them equipped to handle those, like you said, in dating situations, yeah. in friend situations, social situations, even situations with other adults where they know something wrong is happening right. and they're not able to speak out against it. Like, Creating a space where you can definitely, um, they have room with you to have that conflict or to express those opinions. That way, when they aren't with you, Mm -hmm. they will feel more equipped to actually to do that. Yeah, it's that balance of learning. We are supposed to live, do our best to live at peace with all men. But at the same time, you see things that this this child is going to see when things are unequal or wrong or unright. Right. And they're going to feel it. And they need to know they have the right to say something about it and can be brave to do that when God shows them to do that. And and showing them that their their barometer when it's right and when it's wrong. Yeah. To say like, hey, like when you have that sense of like, hey, that's not right, like you need to be the one to speak out about it mm-hmm. rather than avoiding like you said, avoiding the conflict is not actually helping right. the things. Embracing the conflict might be cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, last lens. Okay, so the last um, sunglass kid, (laughs) (laughs) sunglass bucket, sunglass bucket kid, um, is going to be your freedom and fun kid who just values it being fun and values having their own personal freedom. Uh, this kid is actually a really fun kid to have because they bring out like the party in your family. They're the one that is going to be really, really fun to have around. They're going to easily make friends because everybody wants to be around this kid. But this is also the kid that doesn't want to do it if it's not fun. <laughs> so so they're a little hard to motivate sometimes. Right. Um, they really value experience. So when they do something, they're they're filtering like, well, what is the experience going to be like? Is that going to be fun? Am I going to? And if it's not, it's like, yeah, I, mm, oh, I'm going to skip it. So, you know, going to that party or going to that event or going to that thing, they're going to really prioritize that, obviously, over, you know, doing something like a chore or homework. And you can kind of go like, well, that's every kid in the world. (laughs) Um, But if you think about it, it's like getting a task done is so low on the priority list that it is like pulling teeth to try to get them to accomplish something because it's not fun. Right. Where the control and power kid would be like, it's actually kind of fun to get the check mark done. Right. <laughs> right. Well, as long as I'm controlling how as it's lo- done. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, I can, if I can control it, I'll do right. it, you know? Um, so task, time, all of that is superseded by the experience of it. Mm. So again, really fun kid to have around is going to make friends like so easy, but, um, 
is going to be hard to motivate because it has to be fun. So what do you do? Because like you said, it seems like every kid at least has a little bit of this kind of built in. Because fun, sure. fun is like the language, the language kids of, speak. Yeah, the so language it's of like, childhood. So yeah. there's always going to be an element of that. Like, oh, 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 man. That's what I hear at home yeah. a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> like, where'd you learn that? Um, but, but yeah, it's time to go. It's time to do this. Or it's time to like, you're falling behind in your grades. It's like, well, mm-hmm. how do you adjust accordingly to that fun kid or speak their language? Well, with, with this child, and, and I, th- I think, like you said, it seems like it's every child, um, especially when they're little. But if you, if you can know this kid because they are going to want to be around people, they want to, like, be in the party. Like, life is a party. This is not the kid who wants to sit in their room on their own. If right. that, does that make yeah, sense? That this does. is a really specific kid. Gotcha. All kids do want to have fun, of course. But there are kids who like need to decompress and go be by themselves. Too yep. much is too much. Right. This kid doesn't ever have too much. <laughs> they just need to be out where the people are. Um, and and you have to be intentional with this child. It's good to make things fun, and it's good to find the joy in things. But they have to be intentionally taught to persevere when it's not fun, because life isn't all a party. And you can, as a parent, you can try to speak their language and try to make things fun. It's like that Mary Poppins, it's a, sp- a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine right, go down, right. right? You can you can try to find the joy that is in things and try to, to see the happiness and the joy in more mundane things. But sometimes it's almost impossible to like put a fun spin on algebra homework. It just is what it is. Right. And you have to teach them to persevere even when things aren't fun. Could you do something like, this seems like a kid that might be motivated, like you're talking about, you're trying to foster and cultivate patience, endurance, suffering a little bit, where it's like, hey, if you complete all your algebra homework this week, on the weekend, we can do X, Y, Z fun thing that you, like, is that the kind of thing that would work with this kid? Yeah, that would work. But I think there's also, age appropriate wise, like when they're young, giving them something to work for, giving them rewards is good. But there's also value in teaching them, you can do hard things. Even when there's no fun reward. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can, you are a really confident, smart, hardworking person. And you can do hard things. You can do hard things when it's not fun because you are really smart and really good at this. Yeah. And you can get it done. And I have confidence that you're going to do it. Hmm. And you walk away. There you go. Leave them alone in their yeah. room. <laughs> Lock the door behind <laughs> and you. And you're like, hey, <laughs> I have confidence that you're going to get this done. And and teaching them that they can persevere even when there's no confetti at the end. Yeah. They can do it. And when they're really little, it is good to give them rewards and motivate them and show them that there is something at the end to work for. Sure. But when they're older, when they're in that middle school, upper elementary, middle school, high school, you, you have to show them like, hey, sometimes you do the mundane thing right. and then you go home from work. And that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing fun there. No, it's just like your paycheck more will chores. come later. <laughs> yeah. But then you're going to go home and cook dinner. Like that was the end right. of it. And you have to teach them to be a responsible adult even when there's no yeah. amazing thing that happens. You don't get a candy bar. At the and end. this is kind of the conversation that I have with students where they're like, I hate school because I'm never going to use algebra. Right. I'm never going to use this. And it is kind of like where we go with it is like, I don't think the point of school really is to teach you trigonometry. 
Like, mm-hmm. if you go into a specialized field, you will use trigonometry for sure. Right. But, like, the point of school is to teach you endurance. Yeah. It is to teach you how to work on a team with people you don't like. It is to yeah. teach you how to report to people you don't respect. It is to teach you – it's like – dynamics that may play out in the rest of your life if you can kind of manage and suffer through those and endure through those you can kind of do anything right so the point of school isn't the specific thing but for that fun kid like hey learn to be with people you don't like learn to do things that you don't like and get that patience down that way when you're in any setting you can kind of use it later yeah if you can teach that kid hey you can pay attention when it's not fun and entertaining you are going to be so far ahead of your peers it's going to be amazing. Pay attention when it's not fun. You can do this. And I know you can do this. There's there's also the certain type of fun kid. I think Justin's a little bit like this. Where oh, absolutely. No, he's this child. You can, <laughs> he was this child. You can almost child. learn the game of school. And there's yeah. like a certain mindset where certain kids, this kind of breaks their brain and they can't handle it. But certain kids, it's like, hey, if you pay attention in class, you don't have to study because you got to pay attention in class. Mm-hmm. Or if you like... Uh, manage your time here. Your son Liam's like this, yes. where he's like, I'm going to work ahead. And I, I know that if I do this strategy and this strategy, like I got my Friday off or my Saturday yeah. completely free or whatever yeah. it is. Liam, Liam's the control power kid. So he's just going to control his schedule and do it exactly how he wants to do well, it. There you and go. That's, he's controlling his like his homework schedule so that he can like earn a free day. basically. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess in all of those different ways, there's kind of a way to just take advantage of life and say, yeah. like, hey, if you fully embrace this or if you kind of move into it, um, your relationships, your schoolwork, all that becomes a little bit easier. Yeah. But ultimately, like, I think the the biggest thing for, for all of these lenses is, like, having that moment to pause and say, how is my kid thinking through this? Yes. And even recognizing, like, I think through it this way, so – Maybe the justice and peace one or the, the right. justice and fun, or they're going to butt heads. Right. I can take a moment of pause, not to say that you always yield to the fun if you're right. a justice person or if you yield to the, the peace if you want things to be controlled or however it is, mm-hmm. but just to say, oh, yeah, that's where they're coming from. I remember right. this. Right. And just have that moment of empathy for your kids with how they see the world. Exactly. I was, I was walking um, my daughter to the bus the other day and she breaks down into tears because she did not get picked for field day mile run or whatever the the run was and she was mad because she was told that she cut a corner and got disqualified from the mile run even though she was second and the first three get chosen and this (laughs) whole story and she's about to get on the bus so I need to handle this like the bus is coming around the corner And so it's one of these moments where I'm going, okay, well, what is going on? She's valuing that justice was not done, and she's so angry about it. I need to handle this as a parent so that she doesn't go to school in tears. So I go, okay, she's valuing justice. What is the thing? She needs to learn forgiveness. So we stood there at the bus stop, and I said, listen, I know that your coach, PE coach, saw that, and you're really angry. I said, you can hold on to that hurt, and you can go through your whole school day mad, or you can forgive them right now and let it go and have a better day. But it's your choice. And it's up to you. And so it's like in those little moments going, okay, what are they valuing right now? And handling it so that your day goes smoother and you're not sitting in that conflict in those like moments. Does that make sense? That, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So they can change their little filters sometimes. You know, sure. she's not always a justice kid. Um 
but in that moment, that was what she was valuing. And she needed me as a parent to go, hey, you're missing the forgiveness here. And then she could go about her day in a much easier way yeah. than crying on the school bus the whole way to school. Right. <laughs> and in, instead of saying, like you said earlier, trying to rip the sunglasses off and go like, get over oh, it. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, oh, it's just, it's just field day. Just get over it. It's fine. Don't worry right. about it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's called, you're a more, that's, I think because you're a mom, <laughs> you've got <No>. the empathy. <laughs> no. You've got the empathy no. in there. <laughs> I seriously went, what is she? Okay. So she's just really holding on to this justice. And I was like, she needs forgiveness. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so when your kid's like, I don't want to do it. It's not fun. Go, okay, help them persevere and going like, okay, I need to help them navigate these filters. Cool. And so if you're trying to raise kids to follow Jesus, it does take that moment of saying like, Hey, we create space in our home Mm -hmm. to have a voice or, you know, just respond to the kids that God has given you. And so look at how they see the world. It might be very different from you or it might bother you because it's the exact same as you. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so look for ways to, to see the world, how they see it. And honestly, I think in the moment, like you even just said, like let the Lord remind you like Mm -hmm. what needs to be done in the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, you'll kind of create at least a little bit less conflict, I think is at least where we're starting. Or navigate the conflict because yes. conflict isn't evil okay yeah you're right <laughs> navigate there's the my conflict. piece <laughs> navigate navigate the conflict because those conflict moments are actually really teachable moments awesome so thanks megan yeah. and thank you guys for listening <laughs>